Oh, man. Dylan, come help me. Who's calling me? It's your wife. It's my wife? Yeah. Should probably get that. Hi, babe. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Who would you drop everything for? Who would you drop everything for? This is Dylan. Dylan's going to help me today. Dylan, who would you drop everything for? Um, probably my mama. My mama? Or his mama. Okay, you got your mama. Your daddy? Yep. Probably your mom, your dad. For me, it was my spouse, so you probably would drop everything for your spouse. Maybe a friend? Mm -hmm. Maybe the right friend. A cousin, brother, sister? One brother. One brother. Would, would you drop everything for that one brother? Yep. Okay, so you drop everything for that one brother. Maybe a coach? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe a coach. We'll, we'll see on that one. We'll see. We'll okay, see. kind of depends how the season goes. So maybe a coach, maybe an employer, you know, but most of the people you would drop everything for is someone you have a pretty good relational connection with. Mr. Austin back in the back has a phrase that I absolutely love. He calls it relational equity. Usually you would, if, for, for you to drop everything for somebody, you would have to have a pretty good, a pretty high stake of relational equity in that person. Now, it's funny. A lot of times you read through the Bible, and, and if you're not a churchgoer, that's totally cool, but you read through some of these stories that you're, you just are mind-blown, like, did that really happen? You think about the flood, the crossing of the Red Sea, the crossing of the river, you know, the, these chariots of fire coming down. There's all these just, whoo, I mean, a guy coming back from life from death, you know, but there's one particular story that is or a couple of times in the Bible that just really you look at it and you go, really, did they do that? Because it has to do with dropping everything. And where we're at in our study of Mark is in Mark chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 13 and 14 real quick. Now, here's what the verses say. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. So he's done this before, really back in about a chapter and a half ago. He went out and he called some other disciples. A large crowd among came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told them. And that's still, that's still okay. We're following along, we're tracking with the story, but then this happens. And Levi got up and followed him. Levi dropped everything to follow Jesus. Now, Dylan's with me this morning. Now, Let's kind of, I don't want people to, to think that you're Dylan, so look at them. So, Dylan, you're going to wear the Levi name tag. So, for this morning, you are going to be Levi. And it says that Levi was a tax collector. Now, to be a tax collector back in the day, you, you had to kind of go through a franchise bidding process. So Levi, at some point in his life, made the decision that he was going to be a tax collector. He had to meet with the Roman government, even though he's Jewish. How do we know he was Jewish? His name is Levi. That's a good Jewish name back in the day. So, and, and these people who would become tax collectors had the potential to make 
a whole lot of money. Could be very prestigious. Now, it's interesting that he's on the shore. The reason he's on the shore, because one of the business, big businesses back in the day was fishermen. So whenever the fishermen would need to pay their taxes, they would need to go to Levi, who was where? In his booth. Okay, we need a booth. All the way over to the side. Keep going. And this will be good right here. Levi's booth. Ha ha ha. So he's sitting in his booth, and then all of a sudden, Jesus comes. Crowds are around him, and he sees Levi. Now, just so you know, Levi probably was not happy. Levi was sad. Show me sad, Levi. Doing all right. He's pretty sad because nobody really liked him. Because if you've ever gotten paid, and at the end of your paycheck you have this, this, all these deductions, like all these places where the federal government, the state government, local government is taking money from you. Now, do you like it when people take money from you? Say no. no. Say no. No, you don't like it when people take money from you. What Levi represents is that very bottom part of your paycheck that takes money. Now, you have to imagine when they're coming in and they're giving these like, I don't like you. I don't like you. So if you get told that nobody likes you all day long, it makes you sad. Show me sad, Levi. Very sad. Very sad. But when Jesus comes, Jesus sees Levi Stop playing with the money. <laughs> Levi, Jesus sees Levi and he says, come, follow me. And what the story goes, how the story goes, is Levi dropped everything. We're not going to make a mess. He dropped everything and he started to follow Jesus. Now, if you grew up in church or if you've ever heard this story told before, you just like, Really? What in the world happened? Why would this guy who had the potential to make a whole lot of money, why would a bunch of fishermen drop everything to follow Jesus? And here's what you were told if you grew up in church. Because he's Jesus. Because he's God. That's what you're told. Because he has the authority to do so. And it's a command. So it's almost like he says, follow me. And Levi got like hypnotized. Pauls, how many of you been to the state fair yet? Yeah, quite a few. You know, a few years ago, they had like a hypnotist there. And people would do all sorts of crazy stuff at the state fair. Well, it's almost whenever we tell this story from a church version, that's what happens. So let's kind of go back. You know, is there more to the story than just Jesus saying, follow me? And this hypnotic trance happens. Let's go back to the first century. So do you happen to remember like Wayne's World? No. No. Saturday night, all the old people sit over here. Like, you remember Wayne's World? Yeah, I got some people. All right, now, now Wayne's World, back then, whenever they would kind of do a flashback, they would go, play along with me, please. Everybody, we're going to go back in time. Back to when Levi was a baby.
Now, back in time when Levi was a baby, and just like when you were a baby, you had maybe a mom and a dad. So let's have mom and dad come out. Who's your daddy? (laughs) Now, it's funny, just like you have mom and dads, they want you to be something when you grow up. I mean, they might want you to be a sports person. I mean, maybe you just think of all the money that they've invested in you to do something with your life. That's one of the reasons you're here, is so you can do something with your life. Now, think about what your mom and dad, think about what you want to be when you grow up. It was so funny. Last night, my little six-year-old, we're driving in the van. We were actually going to purchase this mask at Dollar General. And he asked me, he goes, Dad, what do you want to be when you grow up? I kind of paused and I said, I don't know, but I haven't figured it out yet. Because as you can tell, I have a childlike mind. So whenever Levi's daddy and mama were thinking about what they wanted Levi to be when he grew up, and this would have been the same thing that if you lived in the first century, This would be the same thing if you had a son. This would be what you would want your son to be when he would grow up. Ready, mom and dad? On three. One. Make sure you do it right. One, two, three. Rabbi. No. Rabbi. Rabbi. Oh. Let's try that again. On three. On three. One, two, three. Rabbi. Rabbi. All right, mom and dad, y'all can go back off stage. Who would have thought a rabbi? So they would want Levi to be a rabbi when he would grow up. Now, this means that Levi, whenever he would get about six years old, you're six now, whenever he would get six, he would have to have to enter into the educational process for a good Jewish boy. So school number one, let's have my elementary school teacher. Yes, agreed. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. All right. This is Levi would have to go to elementary school. And elementary school could be called like Bet Safar. Now, this would mean like House of the Scribes. It's funny, one translation is like in the library. So when he was six, all the way up until he was 10, he would have to kind of go be in the library with the scribes. Now, how many of you are freshmen? All right. How many of you are taking Old Testament? All right, now, I bet that in your Old Testament class, you have some mean theology and ministry professors that are having you read the Bible and all this stuff, and you're kind of reading like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You're reading all those going, man, this is rough reading. Well, if you were a good Jewish boy, Back in the day, and you wanted to be a rabbi when you grow up, you had to go to elementary school, and what you had to do is you had to memorize the first five books of the Bible. You had to memorize the Torah. So at the end, when you're 10, you would have to take like this test, and you would have to make an A plus on that test to keep moving on if you wanted to be a rabbi. So if he passed, and we'll just, we'll just assume for the moment, that Levi passed. Are you happy? Yeah. Yeah, he's happy. So now he gets to go to middle school. 
Oh, yeah. Now, middle school would be called Bet Talmud. Now, in middle school, he would go from having to really memorize and master the first five books of the Bible to having to master the entire Old Testament. Oh. And he would stay there to maybe 14, 15. And when he, would, when he was all done, when he was all done, he would have to take a test. And he would have to make an A+. We're going to assume for the moment that Levi has passed the test. Are you happy, Levi? Happy to be he's, gone. He's happy to be gone out of middle school. All right, then, the kind of the very last place, and this would be like a, a, a hybrid of college, a hybrid of, of high school, a hybrid of even like seminary or grad school. So we have like high school, seminary, grad school, met Midrash. Now, this is an interesting one. You know, today, like modern day Midrash, it'd be like a, a study hall that's connected to like a synagogue, a study hall that's connected to like a bigger church. And Levi would go in here and he would get to meet, and we're just coming, let's go, let's go down here. And they would go and daily, monthly, yearly, the top rabbis of the day would kind of come and evaluate the, the students who were in the school. So we'd have like Rabbi Milhouse would go. <laughs> Rabbi Butner. Rabbi Gabrielson. And they would go in, and they would, they would look at him. And now the other side of it is Levi is kind of evaluating them too. Hey Christian, come here. Maybe even like, wait a minute, wait a minute, well, well, there used to be this person back in the day too who would kind of organize the synagogue speakers, that would be you. Go back, we don't need you. Uh, so now at some point, if Levi would kind of look at one of these rabbis and would want to be like one of these rabbis when he would grow up, he would go up to him, go to him. And he would ask this big question, may I follow you? May I follow you? Don't answer. May I follow you? Now, throughout the course of time, these profs, these rabbis would keep watching the student. And if, let's say, if Rabbi Butner liked him or didn't like him, let's say he didn't like him, he would look over him and just kind of leave. And then it would go into like final jeopardy. Then all the other rabbis who were there might want to take a chance on Levi. But let's say Rabbi Milhouse went and said no. No. <laughs> Last chance right now. It's all on Tim's head. So go by and say no. Yeah. Now. So it goes through the whole process where Levi needed to have made an A plus to get to be a rabbi when he grows up. But here's what we know. And we don't know when it happened. We don't know if it happened in elementary school, middle school, high school. But whenever you were told no, you're not going to be able to be a rabbi when you grow up. When all the rabbis passed you by, 
You had to go and kind of enter into the family business or come up with something else to do. And what we know about Levi is that he made an F. You can go back out. Now, if one of the rabbis, one of the rabbis saw it in Levi to, to, to have the potential to be just like them, they would go to the student and say the three words that every Jewish boy back in the first century wanted to hear. Now, some of you, especially college kids, you might want to hear the three words, I love you. But back in the day, the three words that they wanted to hear was, come, follow me. But Levi did not hear those three words. So, he entered into the tax collecting business, sad, rejected, because in his mind, no one wanted him. And that's a place we have all been. Whether it's from our parents, our friends, whether it's even the sports where we didn't make the team, even in relationships that have ended, we've, we've got to that moment where we felt like no one wanted us. But then for Levi, he had an encounter on the seashore where Jesus is coming down and he sees Levi at the tax booth, goes over to him and he says the three words, the two words, you know, depending on your translation, that Levi as a Jewish boy has waited his entire life to hear. Come, follow me. Yes! <laughs> Finally! <laughs> Finally! And that's why Levi and the rest of the disciples dropped everything to follow Jesus. You can go back and sit down. Now the story keeps going. Now the story keeps going. Levi, I mean, this is, this is after he starts following Jesus, he throws a party. Here's what happens. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, and I'll just pause right there. Now, if you read like the Gospels, we think that Levi's other name is Matthew. And there's nowhere in the Bible that really tells us why these names have changed. But get this. If you were a tax collector back in the day, and you changed your job and you no longer was a tax collector, you would want to change everything about your life to, to just erase it from anybody's memory who might remember Levi's booth. So I just think he changed his name to Matthew so nobody would kind of remember that he was the tax guy. So many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, uh, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were, were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners, and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That last phrase, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. I have not come to connect to the ones that everyone else wanted. 
I didn't come to connect to the ones that think they are too good for anything else. I have come to connect to the people who were disconnected. The ones who, who were told no. The ones who did not make the team. The ones who are down and out. Now listen, if you are here and you've ever been like told no or you didn't make the team or you've been broken up with, that's a life-changing moment for you. Because being rejected really impacts every other decision you're going to make the rest of your life. You will never forget the moment you were rejected. But Jesus says, I have come into this world not to reject you, but to accept you. He opens up this whole story really has three big ideas for me. The first one is just an invitation. It's just an invitation. Jesus goes to all the rejected ones, the ones who didn't make the team. The ones who made an F, not an A+. The ones that did not dig the progress. The ones that were rejected. And he says, come, follow me. And then he spends time with them. He moves from, from this, from this uh, uh, invitation to an investment. He wants to invest in you. He invested in Levi. He invested in Matthew. He's going to follow him and try to be like Jesus for the rest of his life from this moment on. And then... It's an introduction. You know who, who, who Matthew, who Levi threw the party and who he invited? All of his friends, all of the other tax collectors, all the other sinners, all the other people who were rejected from society and looked down upon. Because Jesus knew that they needed love. Jesus knew that they needed accepted acceptance. God knew that they needed to be restored with himself. And that's why he sent his one and only son to this earth. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, like the Bible said he was going to do. He was buried. Why was he buried? To prove that he was dead. He rose on the third day, like the Bible said he was going to do. He was seen. Why was he seen? To prove that he was alive. He ascended to heaven he sat down as king of the universe. And one day, he's coming back. And today, for all the rejected, for all the ones who didn't make the team, for all the ones who feel just like they're an outcast, he says, come and follow me. But the question is whether you will do it or not. The cool thing about like Levi is he dropped everything to follow Jesus. Because he wanted to be part of something that was bigger than himself. And the same offer that was made to Levi is made to you too. The question is whether or not you will follow. Let's pray. Father, our prayer is that through the learning process, through the life process, we will all get to the point where we will turn to your son Jesus, start to follow, accept the invitation, have Jesus invest in us, and then us go out and introduce him to others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.